right, let's. Okay, all right. It says we're live, so yeah, we're live now. Let me, let me just check it on my phone. Uh, yep, yep, it's there. Cool. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous, so I don't know if you can tell. I actually but. couldn't. <laughs> Uh, are you sure? I mean, I feel like usually when I'm nervous, it's pretty obvious. Uh, nah, you uh, seem pretty natural in front of a camera. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you know easy when I'm talking to you. I mean, we've known each other for I don't even know how many years at this years. point. Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was uh, thinking about that just like an hour ago. I said thirty years exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. I think I was. I was thinking about that earlier this afternoon. Like, yeah, it's. Yes, it's since one PS 155, like around kindergarten, first grade. Yeah, 30 mm -hmm. years ago. Wow. That's uh, right. <laughs> and, and do you want to like, give it a few minutes, see if anyone comes in, or just want to get straight to it? Whatever you want. You tell me. Oh, I mean, you know, you're, you're my honored guest, so. Thank you. But I'm flexible. And like I told you before, this is my first time doing one of these, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you're unnatural at this too. So, Thanks. that's only because of work. <laughs> that's from all the meetings that I have. It's like, okay, you know, thank you for joining. Let's give it another minute for everyone else. You know, that's pretty standard. Comes out of my mouth like eight times a week. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, well, I guess you know if anybody comes in at any point, then you know we'll just work from there. But sure. yeah, so. I guess for anyone who's going to be watching this later, you want to, I guess, give an introduction for yourself or what do you, what do you feel comfortable with? Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Diane and I'm here with my excellent friend, Julian, and we're going to be talking about mental health. <laughs> I know it's such a broad topic, but, um, you know, we're going to focus in on, you know, some specific uh, cultural stigmas, I guess we can say, and... You know, just uh, I'm really happy to be sharing my experience with all of you, and I hope it's something that's helpful to anyone who's listening. Well, um, you know, my whole goal with wanting to do these mental health live streams, it's like I feel like by highlighting other people's stories and experiences, that maybe it would, you know, encourage somebody else to, you know, want to speak up or, you know, or maybe even like seek help if they feel like they haven't been able to get it. So. And I want to try to get it from different perspectives and point of view. So, you know, it's, you know, that's why it's, I'm happy that I get to have you on here, especially as my first time, you know, speaking with somebody on here. Well, thank you. And uh, it's a topic that I know since we've been friends for 30 years, it's uh, something that I know we've talked about quite a bit. So I'm pretty comfortable saying anything that I want to you. <laughs> And yeah. you're absolutely right. I, I definitely, I will say that I appreciate what you're doing, first of all. And um, I appreciate the way that you're going about it, you know, as far as getting different people with different experiences to share what they've been through. Well, yeah, I'm happy to hear about your experiences. I know we've you know, talked about it a couple of times before, but, you know, never, I don't think we've really gone that in depth about it. You're right. So um, I guess, you know, I can kind of give a little bit of let's just kind of give like, I guess, an introduction to where I'm coming from. So just going back to the fact that, you know, you're pulling 
people with different experiences and everything. I am, you know, a woman, first of all, from Indo-Caribbean parents and first-generation American. So, you know, things, there are things that kind of stack up a little bit <laughs> to make things a bit of a challenge as far as dealing with uh, mental health issues or any sort of stressors and things like that. Um, there are lots of situations that would account for any sort of depression or anxiety or anything like that. And, you know, I guess what I've noticed from a cultural standpoint is uh, how taboo these things can actually be when you're trying to discuss them, you know, definitely makes you feel like you're alone um, because you have no one to express it to, you know, the people who are closest to you, you're the worst feeling you could possibly have is feeling like the people who are closest to you are going to judge you. So you can't even open up to them about anything. And yeah. um, like I said, you know, being a girl, being of Indian descent, being first generation American, these things for me, they've made it even more difficult to express anything that I've been going through. So just, you know, to kind of touch on that, um, when I was 17, I was diagnosed with clinical depression and, um, you know, on and off medication throughout my adult life. Um, when I was 29, I was diagnosed with high-functioning anxiety. So again, on and off of different medications for that. And um, fortunately, I can say that I am in a place now where everything feels, you know, I feel good. I feel like I can manage things that come my way. Sure, things are, you know, I mean, everybody goes through some sort of stress in their lives and, you know, they have whatever thoughts it is that they're going to have, you know, once in a while, but I can say that I am grateful and I really consider myself lucky that, um, you know, it's been half of my life, it's been 17 years and um, I feel like I have a pretty good hold on, uh, on what I go through. So, I definitely understand that things can be difficult, though, because I haven't always had a good hold on, on everything that I feel and everything that I think. And, you know, people say that you can be your own worst enemy at these times. And it's very easy to wonder, you know, like, oh, my gosh, am I the only person going through this? What's wrong with me? And that's the worst thing you can do to yourself. Nothing's ever wrong with you just something that you're going through and it's something that you know you you have to have faith in yourself to believe that you're actually going to get through it yeah hmm. yeah that's kind of something i've struggled with a lot too i mean because i was i was diagnosed let me see, it was 2012 so i would have been yeah i would have been 25 at the time so you know, and I, you know, I'd been aware of like stuff like anxiety and depression and, you know, and panic attacks, anxiety attacks and other things like that. But, you know, me being diagnosed with it, it's like, right now I really need to learn more about this so that I can understand how it impacts my life specifically. Absolutely. So, yeah, and it's, and it's been almost 10 years. So it's been a, uh, an extensive learning process. And I know I'm going to continue to be learning about it for the rest of my life. So, and learning about the medications and being on different medications and mm -hmm. seeing what works, what didn't work. And, you know, you know, 
part kind of the dark side of that as well. So, yeah, and and especially you know living in North Carolina, where you know when I used to when I used to be in therapy, my and I was in the group therapy sessions. The therapist he always loved to emphasize that the state of North Carolina does not recognize mental health as a real illness. So, yeah, so. Yeah, that was a very eye-opening experience for me, and that's why I decided to, you know, kind of do what I do with with this kind of with this and doing the videos that I've done before. Sure, so. absolutely. It's that's really hard. That's like that. Actually, I don't know if you saw my eyes kind of do this just now when you said that <laughs> that mental illness or mental health is not really recognized as you know what it should be where you are. That's that probably makes you feel worse. Yeah. It probably makes you feel a lot worse. Like it's already something that's difficult to manage. And then hearing someone say that, hearing a medical professional tell you that, that's, yeah. I'm so sorry. That's awful. Yeah. It's, and other people that I've talked to that, um, I don't know if they, I wouldn't say that they've had similar struggles to me, but some of them have, you know, had it a little bit worse than I have. So, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Oh, I see. Uh, we got one person in the chat. Uh, Steve Kassan, huh? How y'all? How you doing? Hope you're, you know, gonna enjoy uh, hearing us talk for however long we'll be talking. <laughs> Hi, thanks for joining. <laughs> All right, uh, and for anyone else that might be watching, this lovely lady uh, to my left is my best friend of so many years. We've practically known each other since I would say like around toddler age, more or less. Yeah. Does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we we go back a long way, so yeah, yeah and uh, it feels very fitting that she would be the first person I get to speak with on here. Well, thank you for that. All right. Uh, now I know you like you mentioned about the like different like the medications that you you had been on. I think we I remember I think I remember us talking about it like before like a few years ago or other times when we've talked about stuff like like what kind of medications did they have you on if you can remember. Um, well, I've definitely, as far as, you know, the depression is concerned, I mean, that was literally half of my life ago, so I can't really remember everything from that. But as far as the anxiety is concerned, um, I've definitely, you know, been put on, you know, Xanax for a little while, Lexapro for a little while. I'm grateful to say that as of right now and as of the past maybe, you know, a couple of years, um, I've been off <laughs> my medication altogether. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, there are ways to, uh, you know, feel more confident and feel better about yourself and to manage the way that you are, you know, your thoughts and your feelings. But uh, yeah, as far as medication goes, um, in the past I have been on, you know, Xanax and some Lexapro just to very light dosages, just to kind of uh, take the edge off. Nothing too dangerous, you know. I remember the exact example that my doctor gave was, you know, he doesn't want me to get to the point where, you know, I can walk past a burning building and just say, huh, okay, you know, because I guess that's something, you know, coming from a, a medical standpoint, it's, uh, I guess, it's something that's, that you have to find the balance with, something that's kind of delicate, because they want to make sure that you're not overwhelmed by your feelings, but also not, you know, just like, okay, whatever is happening is happening, and that's that. So yeah. I felt like that, you know, just looking at it from a doctor's perspective, that must actually be kind of hard too. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And 
because uh, it's like for me, like it's been a few years since I've spoken with like a counselor or a therapist. So I'm like, I've kind of forgotten about really exactly how that kind of, you know, how that experience can be. But uh, I mean, but in the few people that I have spoken with who are professionals, I've you know, known them to be, you know, very nice people. So that always helps. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's always helpful to have somebody, you know, that you can actually speak to. And uh, that goes back to, you know, something that's lacking uh, from a cultural aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, the people that I speak to about my feelings are, you know, my sister and my fiance and you, really. <laughs> so, you know, it's a very limited pool that you have to pull from because you're, I mean, I'm, you know, I've always been kind of uh, uncomfortable having to speak to, you know, my mother or my father or anything like that about it because I don't, like, I don't think I've actually ever tried. And, you know, if there's anybody that's going to be watching this and you actually feel comfortable enough to go to the people who are closest to you, you know, definitely go for it. I, you know, unfortunately, I never really felt that, like, to that extent. So... It's something that I wouldn't even know how to approach with anyone that I have that sort of relationship with. So I am grateful for my peers, you know, for my sister, my friend, you, <laughs> and uh, and my fiance for that. Yeah, well, I'm happy that I can be a a good resource for you because I, yeah, I know it's not always easy to open about such things with other people. So. That's true. You know, like even saying right now on here, it's like, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I just said that, you know, I've taken this medication and that medication in my recent past, you know, in the past like five years yeah. at some point. And um, even that's just like, well, did I really just say that? Like, what if, you know, one of my cousins sees this or something? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that's always going to be there because, you know, there's just going to be yeah. people who unfortunately don't know how to handle listening to someone you know kind of bear their soul about something like this yeah uh uh for me like i'm very i've become, I've become very careful with who i decide to open up about that kind of stuff mm -hmm. with and and i don't know if you heard as a and the at the house phone has picking up a message right now so I, don't, I hope that's not being picked up on the audio no i didn't uh, even realize I, it <laughs> yeah because yeah, i've heard very faint ringing so i wasn't sure if it was it was being picked up on here but anyways like you know like i've become very careful with who i open up to about like especially like with how my struggles with you know mental health and mental illness because like with some people i've like i've seen that like they can take that and kind of i guess use it in a manipulative way sometimes and so that's why like i've i've I have a very small circle of friends that i trust enough to talk about this kind of stuff you know and that's that's one of the things that actually i was kind of hesitant to even do these little live shows talking about it because i wasn't sure how many people would would be comfortable talking about it especially with me um and because like especially like first i mean i mean you know i can be i can be pretty shy when like opening up about such things so i mean obviously not with you but you know and and like, you know, like talking about it with family, that's, that's, that's kind of a, a hard thing for me to like, I mean, like I, I do talk to my oldest brother about it sometimes, but 
uh, yeah, I'm still very cautious with about how much I say to, to even some family members at times because, you know, because you don't know how people are going to interpret such things. Exactly. You know, it's a, and, I mean, you know, I have a few people that I do speak to about certain things, but, you know, there are things that I absolutely know 100% to keep to myself. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that my circle won't understand. It's just, there's always that fear. There's that fear of being judged and it's a very overwhelming feeling. And it just kind of feels like it's caught in a vicious cycle that way. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely get it. You know, it's great to be able to open up to people, but it's difficult at the same time. Yeah, I I don't, I, I don't know, like, because my mom, she knows all about me, you know, being diagnosed and going to therapy and all that, but yeah, because my, you know, my father, he had, I mean, I've talked about it a couple of times on here, how he passed away in 2012. So, like, I've always wondered, like, you know, if he was still around, how he would feel about me, you know, having been diagnosed and then opening up about it, you know, as I do on here. Yeah, because he, I, I don't know if traditional would be the right term for it, but, like, I don't know. Just like I, I don't know uh, how how comfortable he would be like open about opening up about things like that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so. And yeah. I think that another part of it is um, is the lack of understanding, the lack of knowledge of the uh, of the subject because it's something that nobody used to talk about before. That specifically our parents and you know the uh, the older generations don't really know how to handle us when we try to express that we're going through something because it's something we have no experience with. I mean, they might have experienced the feelings, but they might not have experienced knowing how to talk about it or yeah. having to, you know, to deal with certain things. So I guess that's something that I definitely noticed. Like I can tell you the very first time that I ever had a panic attack, um, I was working in a hospital at the time. I was in a lab. I was in a transplant uh, immunology lab. And I was on call for the Christmas uh, weekend. So the 24th and 26th, and I think someone else had the 25th. So just knowing how many, you know, knowing ahead of time how many donors we were going to have come in and, you know, how much work there was actually going to be for those days, it was definitely a very stressful uh, thing to handle and I had a panic attack right then and there at work. I started, you know, wheezing, not being able to breathe properly. And it felt like, you know, like my throat was closing up and I didn't understand it at all. So they sent me home, they sent me to my doctor. I had to have like, uh, I can't remember what kind of ultrasound, but I know they did like a heart ultrasound, like see if there was any blockage in, you know, my entire respiratory system. It was definitely something wild. And, um, you know, my mother actually met up with me at the doctor's office and she gave like all sorts of family history to see if there was anything physical that was causing me to not be able to breathe. And um, after a lot of, uh, you know, some tests and some discussions with my doctor and everything, he said, you have anxiety. And that was a panic attack. And I was kind of surprised. He actually, I remember he called me the day before my birthday, <laughs> the day before my 29th birthday. 
And uh, this was the discussion that I was having with him when I was like getting ready to, you know, I was getting dressed to go out to a, um, to like a pre-birthday dinner kind of thing. I'm like there in front of the mirror doing my makeup on speakerphone with my doctor. And he's just like, yeah, this is what's going on with you. So it was just such an eye opener. And, you know, just going back to the whole cultural thing and, you know, the older generation not really knowing or understanding anything about this topic because it's something that they've had such little experience with. Um, it was hard. It was really hard to like, you know, explain to my mom, like, okay, this is what the doctor said. This is what he's recommending. This is what he's prescribing to me. And um, I think that was the last time that my mother and I spoke about it after I said, you know, this is the medication he's prescribing and this is what he said is going on. And I don't know, maybe she just thought that, you know, after that, it was just going to go away, that it was a temporary thing because, you know, now it's five years later, I'm no longer in that position with that sort of stress. And, um, you know, I still have my flare-ups. I still have my anxiety attacks once in a while. And wow. um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's funny to have, not really funny, but, you know, it's just, it's strange to have someone in your life who was there and listened to the doctor and understood all of the physical difficulty that I was having, you know, all the physical manifestations of whatever was going on in here. And, you know, to have them think, all right, well, is it gone now? <laughs> you know, for good? Are you okay now? It's just, it was weird to think that someone could feel like it's that temporary. And you know, I mean, I'm not upset and not blaming anybody or anything like that, but it just goes to show that the lack of information that people have about certain, you know, factors that affect mental health, it's, it's an eye opener. It really shows you that, you know, people need to learn more about it. Uh, let me see. If, uh, I think we got a, a question on, on here in the, the chat. Let me read it real quick. All right. It says, all right now, considering we're all ethnic, have you, you know, find culturally it's hard to open up? I know it's with me. Like, yeah, I would say like like how you're saying, you know, like you know, uh, previous generations don't necessarily understand it. Like how people our age understand it a little better now. Yeah, that's why actually, uh, do you, uh, do you you know uh, AJ Lee, uh, the the wrestler? No, uh, not too familiar right. with wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I know you like The Undertaker, so I mean, besides him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's a, she used to be in WWE. She retired uh, five years ago, I think. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I bet I'm a big fan of her because just like me, she's a, you know, Puerto Rican nerd from New York, New Jersey area. So, you know, I, I identify with that very much, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and she opened up about her mental illness in her biography she wrote a few years ago. And, her father, like, you know, you know, being the traditional old school, you know, that, you know, thought like mental illness, you know, that's, that's weakness. That's not a real thing kind of yeah. attitude. And it just, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it makes me think like, you know, like, again, talking about my father, like, would he have been that way? I mean, I can't say for sure, obviously, but, you know, I feel like, yeah, a lot of, you know, like parents and grandparents and other, you know, people of the of those previous generations that a lot of them had that mentality about you know things like that so right and like i said it's it's not something that you know i get 
upset about or angry about because you know it's not the whole well you don't understand me sort of feeling it really is just I feel like this is not something that they've ever looked into nothing that they've ever had to you know like all right how do I understand what my child is going through if they're going through this I feel like the lack of knowledge and the lack of experience all contribute to the fact that we might feel judged going to them as our parents and I really do, I mean, from my experiences, I do feel like it's kind of a, it is an age thing. Like I told you, you know, I, I confide in you, you're eight days older than me. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my sister is just under two years older than me. My fiance is a year older than me, but you know, I have two sisters and one of them is much, she's, you know, a good deal uh, older. She's about 16 and a half years older than me, but I don't confide in her or speak to her the way that I do with the one who's less than two years older than me. And, you know, they're both still my sisters. Like, it's not, you know, like, I feel like, okay, well, you know, you're like my mom, so I'm not going to talk to you. It doesn't feel like that at all. But it's just a matter of, you know, feeling closer to someone because you're in the same age bracket that you're going through the same things and you have the same knowledge, the same education on what it is. access to information about it so that's that's how I feel about it so I know the question was about you know do you feel difficult opening up and the answer is yes for sure yeah and the I guess kind of like a follow-up that he also says like is it that our family's generation just didn't have the right places or uh, avenues to admit that we have problems which yeah I can definitely agree to that yeah absolutely it's uh i mean i'm I'm very close with my family but you know my parents they're they're in their 70s it's a totally different world you know like they can't even by saying you know when my mother was with me in the doctor's office you know going through all of these tests and providing family history that i had no idea about um you know it's not like she can take out her phone and google you know what happens in a panic attack and you know what exactly happens with anxiety what are the medications you know how do we combat this or anything like that because it's just not of her generation to do that you know to even know how to do that so the tools for a better understanding are lacking with that older generation i feel and i think that's something that contributes to them just not understanding where we come from, unfortunately, not understanding what we're feeling, what we're going through, and it makes it harder for them to help that way. Yeah, yeah, I, that I, I can agree with that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, yeah, nice guy. See, let me see what he says. We gotta get Diane to make a viral. Uh, I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's. Well, it's it's a another social media app. It's I guess you, would, you could kind of say it's like Instagram, but like it has more more. It's more than just posting photos and and videos. Like you can put down like, oh, I'm playing this game, or I'm watching this movie, reading this book, listening to this song, like stuff like that. Kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like if fa- like if Facebook was in the style of Instagram, kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah. so you can actually provide like you know more status update kind of things yeah. as well. Kind of like, like, yeah, like, like, 
Yeah, like if you're watching a movie or a TV show, like it'll highlight the movie and then you can write down whatever you're, you think about it and you can even put down like, oh, do I recommend this or I don't recommend this or I want to like, I, I want to watch this movie or I want to read this book. You can like do stuff like that. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, it's, you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the only social media site that I have a blue check mark next to my name. So that's fun. Oh, very nice. I'm yeah. Look at that when we're done now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's funny because I, I, I need even like try to get that. It's just I've been talking with like one of the engineers I think who who runs the website or helps mm -hmm. run the website, and just one day he's like, "Hey, you're verified," and yeah, that's so, so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you would like it on there. It's it's I like to describe it as the least dramatic social media site that I've ever been on. Like, important. Yeah, it's, it's not ridiculous like Twitter or Facebook. I mean, every now and then you'll probably get like a few idiots, but it's not that bad. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I started a Twitter account like last year and I have not posted one single thing yet because I just, I don't know, I guess I just always felt like what I might have to say might not be that important to people. So I'm just like, I don't know what to put up there. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like that all the time. Where, like, I feel like, hey, why, why would anyone care about what i'm saying or doing on here but you but know. you do this so that's really important that's really cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm looking at i'm looking at it on my phone so, so i can see it a little better than highlighting it on the screen okay yeah yeah it says vera was like year one facebook way before all the ads and algorithms came in okay. yeah that's that's probably a good uh, a good description of it yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. and he says that I'm I'm very popular on on there as well. well awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm like genuinely popular, but yeah. Um, um, I think you're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're biased. You've 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 known me for you know thirty years, so you know you you already like me. I don't have to impress you. <laughs> it's like I'll I'll follow definitely. Ah, <sighs> yeah. Uh, one life. One thing actually was, you know, kind of came to me while you know, while talking about, you know, the nonsense we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Like you were mentioning about, you know, um, that you haven't been on medications in a while. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like whenever you're feeling like in your you know, like moments where you feel like you're feeling is like especially anxious or anything that's like, you know, getting to you. Like, how do you, you know, try to cope with that without needing medications? Well, what I actually do is. I guess the reason why I've been able to, uh, you know, to wean off of my medication is I am very talkative when it comes to what it is that I'm feeling. I'm very expressive. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, write things down in a journal the way that they're feeling, but I felt like that was not enough. So the fact that, you know, I, I spent a lot more time with, uh, with my fiance, we moved in together and everything. Um, it's, easier to not be around my family and to just speak about what it is that I'm feeling. So yeah. I feel like that actually helped a lot. I tell him all the time that I feel, you know, I feel better just because like, I mean, you know, you love someone, of course, you know, we're getting married in a couple months, but like, I feel like I owe him a lot just because I've been able to express what I'm feeling freely, you know, completely free of judgment. And just, you know, if I just start crying for no reason or something like that, again, he doesn't judge me. He just, 
you know, lets me explain what it is that I'm feeling. Like maybe I have, you know, a fit of depression or, you know, a, a panic attack for reasons that I can't explain. Um, I've learned that that's actually one of the most important things that I could ever ask for is someone who does not ask me why. You know, like if I say I don't know what's happening, he doesn't try to sit there and figure it out, you know, to get to the root of it because anybody who goes through it will just tell you sometimes it just happens, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have a reason. It's just, you know, your feelings just mount up in you and they need a place to go. So I'm definitely a crier, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I am too. Well, there you go. When um, when I was working in the lab before, uh, you know, we would be on call, you know, 24 hours a day for the weekends and holidays and overnight and things like that. So we would be alone in the labs whenever we were there. And, you know, I was working in transplanting and all this. So I was seeing a lot of stories that can really trigger your depression, especially. And then, you know, the, the anxiety behind making sure that everything is perfectly correct because you're literally holding someone's life in your hand. Um, it was a very intense situation every single day for years. So um, I actually, I, and I still do this, even though I don't work in the lab anymore. Um, I can actually, you know, when I cry, I won't like, you know, shudder or, or twitch or breathe or tremble or anything like that. Like if I'm focused, the tears will just fall and I will not take my eyes off of what it is that I'm doing because I used to hold people's lives in my hands. So it didn't matter how upset I was or what I was physically feeling, I had to find a way to separate it. And I think that's, a lot of that is what I do now. So like, if I'm working and I'm really stressed out, like I'll sit there typing and you'll just see this falling. <laughs> you won't hear a sound from me, nothing. And um, I don't know whether or not that's a good thing. I think it's, I think it has helped me because I can, you know, it's almost like a split in my brain, but you know, I don't know, maybe in the long run, that's not the best thing because it's like, you know, I'm not really processing my emotions that well, but that's the case. So yeah, for right now, I know that's how I've actually been able to kind of move away from medication and things like that. It's just a matter of, you know, actually being able to say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's bothering me. If I need to cry it out, I will. And, you know, Cry it out and get back to my day. <laughs> That's kind of what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of do the same thing too. And so, because actually, like an hour or so before we got on, I felt like I was having an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was very just nervous about you know doing this, even though you know, like here, I mean, I've talked, I've done like like eight or nine, however many videos on here talking about mental health and all that. But for whatever, but just I guess because I was doing it live you know, I was a little more anxious than I normally would be and, you know, felt my chest, you know, tightening up, heart beating rapidly and, you know, felt a little bit dizzy. And then that's when you know, I texted you, you know, to saying, where do you want me to send the link f to you? And yeah, and then I'm actually glad that you did that because, you know, I was definitely getting a little anxious about it also. So I was just like, you know what, when he sends me this link, I'm gonna log in and I'm gonna chat with my friend for a while just to kind of ease into things and that's exactly what we did. We talked for like a half hour before we started. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like, I, I definitely feel like that helped 
calm me down a bit. So yeah, uh, it definitely <laughs> helped me too because. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't know if I guess I know you said you couldn't tell if I that I was nervous, but I've felt it, you know, a good amount. Well, even even during I guess the the pre-show portion of this. So yeah, but I feel a little better now. So me too. <laughs> Anybody who's watching, I hope you're feeling better too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let me look and see what else, what everybody else is saying on here. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, just reading what it says. If you guys have a meaning rapport, amazing rapport with one another, I'd tune in for a weekly Julian and Diane stream. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be a lot of fun, but yeah, I mean, she, she has a lot going on in her life right now, so I don't want to take up too much time from things she needs to handle. Well, so. that's really sweet of you. But if it's something that, you know, if there's anything that I'm saying right now, even if it's helping one person, two people, doesn't matter. Um, this is something I could definitely, you know, make the time for. So. As long as it helps. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like I said, that that is my goal. I want to. I would. I would hope that if I can help at least one person, you know, yeah, then I feel like I've done my job. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, do we? I don't know if anybody who's listening wants to share this, but I know that one of the questions came through mentioned that all of us here are, uh, you know, from ethnic backgrounds, basically. Um, I don't know if anybody has any questions specifically about that or anything, because like I said, it's, I definitely understand if things are difficult because I'm a girl, I am of Indian descent, I am first generation, and I feel extremely misunderstood sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> if anybody has like any specific ethnic issues that they, you know, want to ask about or want specific examples of things that have been difficult, I'm I'm an open book. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you know. There's a probably they probably have a few, you know, specific questions that they would want to ask. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will me... say that you know I specifically focus in on the fact of being you know female because there are you know coming from an Indo-Caribbean family or coming from Indian descent there is you know pressure from everyone as far as you know, getting married and having kids and the fact that yeah. I'm in my mid thirties and not married yet and childless at the moment, it's, uh, it's been well, years of difficulty. <laughs> I mean, you're getting married in a few months, so, you know, that'll be one thing checked off the list at least. Right. Well now, yes. But when I was, you know, upper twenties going on to 30, it was not, you know, getting married was nowhere on my radar and it didn't matter that, you know, I was, in school and you know like i have my masters i have a postgraduate degree in pharmaceutical chemistry like i you know i've worked for labs i worked for i worked for the company that helped to uh to test the pfizer vaccine for covid right now yeah yeah she's a genius everybody thanks i'm not a genius but i do appreciate that uh science is my life so <laughs> um but you know that's something that contributes to uh to the issues that i've had the emotional issues that i've had uh you know the anxiety that i felt being part of the family that i am a part of and you know just the things that have definitely triggered my depression um it's unfortunate when things like that feel like they're not enough you know like i got my master's in biotech when i was 23 and I still had family members asking me, well, what's wrong with you? Their exact words, what's wrong with you? Because I wasn't, you know, engaged. I wasn't getting married. I wasn't having children. And it's like, 
I like I'm established in my career at a young age and you know I can safely say that like I was pulling I literally graduated with a 4.0 GPA from you know the pharmaceutical chemistry uh, program that I was in but that still was not good enough and something like that can mess with you like when someone in your yeah. family specifically asks you and their words are what is wrong with you you can't help but feel like there's something wrong with you <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that can definitely play with your head. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, it's because I, I'm female, and they think that, you know, I come from a culture where getting married and having kids is apparently more important to people than anything else in this world. So, uh, yeah, if anybody who's watching is, you know, experiencing anything like that, I'm here for you. It's not easy. <laughs> And now that, you know, I, like you said, I am getting married in a couple months, you know, this summer, um, the pressure's on now. They're just like, well, when are you going to start having kids? It's like, well, that's not really any of your business now, is it? You know, <laughs> it's like the, uh, the pressure doesn't stop. So the anxiety about all these situations doesn't stop because it still feels like no matter, even though I am moving through the stages of my life that they deem acceptable, it's still not enough. And that really messes with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Let me see some more of the comments that are on here. Sure. There. I'm not. I'm not leaning too close into the mic, am I? No, you're fine. Okay. I can't see anything. So sounds like Indian families. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That is correct. Yeah, he 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 knows very well. He's 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 a. Uh, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but I believe like 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 South Asian Indian. I'm. I I, I hope I'm not wrong. If if I am, I'm sorry. And the next comment that he has here. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's really hard to like, you know, finally feel, you know, happy about something that you're doing. And when, when my relative, I remember that exact moment when he did ask me what's wrong with you, I said, you know, I'm pulling straight A's right now in school and I'm, beyond well established in my career right now i'm doing something i was literally in the business of saving lives when he said that to me and um i said you know i i don't know what else to tell you if it's not good enough for you then it's not good enough for you but you know of course that's that's a front it is definitely just you know a stronger face because inside i was like panicking i was just like oh my god what am i doing wrong with my life because somebody said i was doing something wrong with my life so you know, it's easier to be impressionable about something like that, I guess. What just happened here? Sorry, I'm like fidgeting and moving stuff, it seems. <laughs> uh, you're fine. Thanks. I started playing with a wire on something and it moved everything. So, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I get it. I definitely get it. Um, well, the person who said sounds like Indian families. Yes, my family is Indo-Caribbean. My ancestry, you know, is from uh, India. Five generations back, my family is from India. And uh, my parents are, my parents and my oldest sister are from Guyana, South America. So I definitely get it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy trying to explain something like this even to, um, to Indian parents or Indian, you know, parents of Indian descent as well. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Like 
they were saying before that it's it's very much like a generational thing where because like you know how back then they didn't have access to the resources like we have now right. to better understand you know mental health mental illness and you know proper treatments and things like that so yeah. and yeah sometimes it doesn't even require you know like going to the doctor or something like that like sometimes all we really need is just someone to listen you know, so yes, yes. I, I always, I always say that sometimes we just want somebody to listen yeah. and, it's, and it, it feels like, like nobody pays enough attention to that. Right. Like that's, you know, that's a major reason why I've just done whatever it is that I could figure out. It's really just a matter of trial and error to see what it is that would work for me to make me feel like I don't need medication anymore because it's like, Maybe I don't want to be on medication. Maybe I just want to feel like somebody's listening to me and understanding me instead of giving me a pill and saying, here, your problems are going to go away now. Because they don't. You know, <laughs> they yeah. don't. So it's not that easy. But what we are, and I'm speaking for everyone here, and I hope that's okay, what we are requesting is just someone to listen. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Especially, like, yeah, it's... When, like I understand, like with pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies, like yeah, it's their job to push these pills and meds and supplements and all things like that. But right. you know, like those things aren't going to work for everybody. You know, and right. and if they and if they do, they work temporarily because sometimes like you feel like you say feel like one pill is not enough, so you'll take two, and then you'll take we keep on going, so that you know it it'll have the desired effect. But then after a while. You feel like you need to keep taking more, and it no longer has that has that a desired effect, and you think that these aren't working anymore. Right, exactly. Like I remember when I was a teenager, uh, one of the many things my doctor diagnosed me with depression when I was seventeen. Actually, because of my migraines, I stopped sleeping, and my very first migraine actually lasted a whole six weeks. And you know, I was like in my bed at eight p.m. every night, you know, crying myself to sleep every night. So. It was something that really messed me up as a kid. And, um, you know, I I just remember like the one of the medications that I was on, specifically the antidepressants that I was on, um, it used to make me very drowsy. I used to want to sleep all the time. I used to sleep for like 12 to 14 hours when I was on them. And I had the worst nightmares of my life with them. So guess what? Those pills did not help me <laughs> at all because I physically, it was like Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, like I was fighting myself to stay awake. And then when I was asleep, I felt so terrible. I felt like, you know, I was like, I was going to die. Seriously. Like I was yeah. doing horrible things. I was seeing just these awful things in my dreams. And even if I woke up through the night, I would fall back asleep and it was like pressing play on a movie that I just paused. So the dreams would just pick back up where they left off and that's the bad thing you know that's the dangerous thing about medications it's just like oh yeah well this is going to fix a b and c but it's going to cause x y and z and yeah nobody tells you that at first <laughs> yeah they, yeah they don't tell you that and then when they when you ask them like why am i experiencing this and they their solution is all right well we're going to keep you on this and now i'm going to give you this to combat that but then i'm going to give you this to combat the effects of that one and it's just a vicious cycle of just medication after medication after medication until okay. you're basically a shell of your former self and that's how it used to be for me for a while because i was on i was on xanax i was on celexa 
uh, Trazodone, uh, Prozac, and there was a fifth one that I can't remember. And wow. and th there were days where I was taking all of them together at once. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was one one day that, that actually no, like I, I went to bed at it was an early enough time I think like around ten or eleven, and I'd gone to bed taking a Xanax and the Trazodone together, mm -hmm. and I didn't wake up until one thirty the next the next afternoon. That's and that's and that and that scared me. Yeah, and it's like it's terrifying first of all because you you're basically like medically inducing this sleep of yours. So is it really that restful? I don't think so. <laughs> Sometimes maybe it could be, but probably not. And um, and then on top of that, it's like it's a major stress factor because you're like, oh my gosh, I lost like half of my day, and yeah. you know. I don't know what to do with myself right now. And, you know, is this medication actually helping me or is it causing more damage? It's, it causes even more to go on up here. And that's, you know, that's the opposite direction that you want to move in. Yeah. All right, let's look at some more of the comments in the chat. Let's see this one yeah. here. Yeah. That's true. I agree with that. The, uh, you know, Eastern Indians and South Asian Indians connecting with West Indians. It's, I mean, fortunately, I've been around, you know, my South Asian Indian friends and they, um, you know, they tell me, well, we're the same all the time. So I'm very grateful that, you know, I have those kinds of people in my life who are just like, you're just like me. And, you know, our culture is the same. A lot of us, our religion is the same. It's, you know, and our experiences are pretty darn similar too. So I I appreciate your comment there. All right. And the next one here. I can't right. really read it from here, so exactly. When you get married, it's when you're having kids. When you have kids, it's how are they doing? When your kids are doing well, when do they get married? When they it, you're right. It's never enough. That's exactly what, you know, it's exactly what I'm feeling also. It's you know, you're finally doing something right, according to them. You're on the right path, according to what it is that they have to say. But it's not enough. It's like you're never going to reach the finish line this way. And that's, you know, that's something that can just make it really hard. It's something that really, you know, makes you sad. It makes me sad all the time when I think about it. It's like, you know, finally happy. I'm finally, you know, feeling like things are where I want them to be because, you know, like I, I mean, you've known me for my entire life, you know, that I'm the type that wants to, you know, get married and have a whole bunch of kids. And, you know, I understand that with my age, I can't really do that anymore, but, you know, at least I can have a couple of kids, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's hard enough when you're putting pressure on yourself because these are the things that you want for yourself. And then you have other people telling you that you're wrong somehow for not doing this already. It's like, yeah. if I could, you know, write my own timeline and say, well, I'm going to get married on this day, have this kid, have on this day, and, you know, it's like just set everything in motion for yourself. It's like, wouldn't we all do that? Wouldn't we all take charge and, you know, control the things that we want to have happen and write them into our lives? It's not that easy, you know? Life throws your punches, you roll with them. So. It's, it's already difficult enough. Like they need to understand that we are beating ourselves up as is because yeah. we know that we're facing difficulties, whatever they might be. Like maybe they're not, you know, family plans. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's just how you feel. And 
it's just, it's, I don't know. I can't find another way to say that. It's just, it really sucks. <laughs> and, you know, your family doesn't understand that or the people who are closest to you that you want to actually, you know, keep around you as a positive influence in your life. And it turns out that what they have to say is not really that positive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Like, a like for me, because like when I, when I got married, I think I was 22 at the time and obviously that didn't work out so well. And yeah, I'll save that story for another day. Um, so it's like, you know, that's why I, I feel like you're doing it the better way where you established your career first and then now you're more emotionally and mentally, you know, mature enough and ready to get, to get married and have a family. So to me, you did it the right way. Thanks. And you know, like it doesn't, it shouldn't matter how long things like that take. Like it shouldn't matter if somebody decides, you know, when they're 35 that they want to go back and finish college or something like that. It's like, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you feel more confident in yourself. And the fact that the people close to us, like especially from those older generations, that they have this timeline for everything in their heads, it's really difficult. It's very stressful. Yeah. Like, you know, I I have some aunts who have told my mother, you know, don't rush her. Do not rush her to get married before my fiance and I got engaged. And um, other people were just like, well, when are you going to marry her off? It's like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> you can ask me. My mother has no say in when I get married or to whom I get married. So, but you know, that's, that's a very common uh, Indian culture kind of thing. Yeah. Which is why, again, you know, when I started on here, you know, almost an hour ago, wow, we've been talking for a while. Um, I kept on stressing the fact that, you know, I am a female in this culture <laughs> because everybody likes to make sure that your life is written up for you. And when you don't follow what's written, it's a problem to them. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to highlight this one real quick right here. Sure. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's funny because around the time when I was, when I was originally diagnosed, I had torn uh, both of my knees walking home from work one night. So yeah, I was on painkillers at the same time that I was on all of those and it really messed me up even more. So Aww. yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, I've obviously not quite severe as a lot of wrestlers used to have it especially back in the 80s where, where they were on they were on like you know somas and percocets and you know, cocaine and a bunch of other stuff so mm -hmm. yeah so yeah I'm, th I'm thankful that i didn't get quite to that level i yeah. am too yeah <laughs> all right you know, it's, it's so crazy like you would think that as doctors they think about you know drug indications and you know contraindications and things like that but they kind of don't, and it doesn't help. You just want somebody to listen. You don't need drugs to just make it all go away. Yeah. Yeah, plus, I mean, I, I'm always hesitant to take any kind of medication anyways because, you know, yeah, I'm not really trying to paint a bad image of my family, but there, there is a history of, of a drug addiction in my family, and I'm, I've always tried very hard to avoid being bit by that bug so if i'm whenever i'm on a medication i'm i take it as instructed and if it's not working i don't take more than what i need to and like even like the last time that i 
had something happen to me. I think it was actually, yeah, actually back in November when I had the car accident, they gave me a muscle relaxer and something else. And they've been sitting on the nightstand ever since. And I never opened e either, either of them. So Good for you. yeah. And they've been just sitting there and I'm looking at them right now. They're just collecting dust. Uh, I've, I've even thought to myself, like, yeah, they're just sitting here being wasted. I'm sure there's people who live out here who, who would probably find use for them, but you know, I don't want to fall down that hole either. So. Sure, of I mean, I'm not trying to say that, you know, all pills are bad or all medications are bad or anything like that. I mean, for something like that, you know, like painkillers after a car accident, I can only imagine that a lot of people would need those, you know, so it's definitely not a bad thing. But the fact that you can look at it and say, you know what, I can get through this myself. That's, that's yeah. pretty strong. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I won't say that I'm anti-drug. I'm anti-drug abuse so you know because i you know, not to sound too preachy but you know i don't drink i don't smoke i don't you know take any prescription or recreational drugs like that so mm -hmm. you know you know that's what that works for me not saying it, it should be for everybody i know i know a lot of people like to enjoy those things so sure. yeah mm -hmm. like, like like i know every now and then you like to have you know a cocktail or two or whatever yeah, it's like I, I like a glass of wine with dinner. I mean, probably, you know, doesn't happen too often anymore. It's probably more like once every couple months at this point. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, why not? And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But you're absolutely right. You know, it's it becomes dangerous when you overdo it with things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at more some of the stuff that's on here. See the... I don't know if I highlighted this one yet. You haven't, but okay, yeah, you're right. Um, there, you're right. They are very different. The issues that we do have to navigate. We have our generation has a lot more difficulty because the world is extremely different from, you know, where our parents came from. I mean, in the beginning of this, I said that I am first generation American, and. Um, you know, my parents, when they went to school, uh, it was what they called primary school, which is basically kind of like elementary school-ish. And then, you know, you went to high school as you had to pay for high school where they grew up. So not everyone went to high school. Definitely not everyone went to college. And now it's like, you know, if my parents look at, you know, multivariable calculus, which is what I took, you know, however many years ago, they're just like, what is this like they probably had difficulty with you know anything past algebra to begin with so our lives are different therefore yeah. our problems are different and yeah that's something that you know that's why i keep saying like i don't judge my parents i'm not you know angry or upset with them for not understanding me but they need to understand that the world is different and yeah. judging us is not okay right yeah all right, let me highlight this last one that's here. If I can click it, there it goes. Uh, yeah. It's true. I mean, when our parents were younger, you know, we, I don't know about, you know, your parents or anything like that, but when my parents grew up, it was normal to, you know, get married when you're 14 and, you know, have kids when you're well, right away, right after that. So my parents were considered old when they got married at 18 and 22. 
and yeah. they had my sister, my oldest sister, when uh, they were 19 and 23. So my grandmother, my mom's mother, got married when she was 14 and had my mother when she was 16. And that was normal for them. And, you know, according to them, right now, we should all be grandparents. <laughs> that right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, life is just very different and it's something that they don't, they'll never understand that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I would be if I was if I was a grandfather right now. That'd be very weird for me. Same. Uh, <laughs> I would. Uh, I don't know what I'd do with myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're 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 both too young for that. I think so. You know, like. The world is different, so we have a lot more opportunities to do different things. And yeah. you know, it's like I know it's a very old-fashioned saying, but you know, the world really is our oyster. It's like yeah, we have so many more opportunities than our parents ever did. So maybe you know, going back to the timeline discussion uh, from the comments just now, uh, yeah, they ran on a specific timeline because that was normal for them, and it's not for us now. And I understand that, you know, our families can have a difficult time accepting that. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't really have said it any better than that. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, you're, you're, you're a genius. So you're, you're, you have a better way with words than I do. Well, thank you. But definitely not a genius. I'm, my favorite thing has always been math and science. That's, that's about it. If you ask yeah, me, that, you know. That, yeah, I, I, I remember that very well all the way back to first grade. Yeah. <laughs> all the math competitions and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but if you ask me to, you know, explain like art or history or, you know, my sister's a lawyer. I have no idea what she's saying half the time. So, mm. yeah, if I was a genius, I'd know all that. But I just have a, a concentration in some things. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you you have a, a master's. I I don't have that, so you know, to me, you're a genius. Well, thank you, but you know, <laughs> never too late. Like I said, we have so many opportunities that our families didn't. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I I don't know if I would have the patience to put myself through school long enough to get a master's. So not for everybody. Well, I mean, I, I I probably would, but I don't know. I'm probably just too lazy to, to really commit fully to that. <laughs> and, you know, like, I think that it also becomes difficult when you've been out of school for, you know, for so long as well. It's like, yeah, I don't, like, yes, I had my master's, but that was from 11 years ago. Like, I don't think that I would want to, I don't know if I have the discipline to go back to school and devote myself to my studies the way that I had before. <laughs> I yeah. I still have it in me. <laughs> I mean, maybe have it. You have half of it still in you. Maybe, maybe, but you know. I mean, I remember I used to be in the lab until like eleven o'clock at night, you know, doing my research, and I used to be there studying on the weekends and stuff. It's like I had no life when I was in college. I used to use my weekends for work and use my weekdays for work as well. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. I definitely don't have the same discipline that I did before. So I understand it's not laziness. It's just life is different for us now. 
Yeah, that's true. That, that's that, that's probably the nicer way of saying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would I used to joke about you know that you, you'll discover the cure for cancer and I'll be the one that that that, that gives it to somebody. Well, yeah, the amount of people who have told me that it's like, man, I wish that I found the cure for cancer, but <laughs> you know, yeah. but what I do is very different for the lab that I work for now. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just enjoyed the transplant thing, though. That was really fun. Oh, what, what, what kind of transplant was it? Uh, I did heart, liver, kidney, pancreas, and uh, bone marrow stem cells. Huh. Yep. So basically what my job was, um, was to do was I would actually, you know, separate donor cells, separate patient serum, and do kind of like a mini transplants inside of a test tube essentially like probably the simplest way that i can think of to explain it and see if uh you know the cells would be rejected the donor cells would be rejected by the patient and if it worked then we would tell the doctors hey bring in the patient because we have a donor for them so that's that was like the fun thing that i could say it's like yeah i get to tell the doctors what to do (laughs) it's like i get to tell them you know hey do this surgery or don't do this surgery (laughs) <laughs> I wish I had that kind of power. It's it was definitely you know with great power comes great responsibility. That's what I can say because I, like I said that was the first time I ever had a panic attack and that's when I had to start doing my research and learning what was happening within me. <laughs> so difficult job, you know. But that's one of the things that started all this. <laughs> uh. Well, yeah, everybody has, has you know, the the story of, of their journey. And, yeah, and, and, and thanks for the Spider-Man quote, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> uh, uh, how long have we been doing this? A little, a little over an hour at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, want to keep anybody if, you know, if that's what we're doing. I mean... Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I can, I can, I'll, I can go as as long as you, you know, you feel comfortable on here. Yeah, yeah I feel good. Yeah. I keep moving. I hope that's okay, but I feel good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just yeah, I'm. You know, it's still very new for me. Like even though I've been, you know, I was like I was diagnosed nine years ago. I'm still learning how to, you know, speak speak about this kind of stuff with with other people. It's yeah. Um, like I got my, my circle of who I trust to speak about this kind of stuff is very small. So it's like, it's you, uh, it's, you know, uh, the people in the chat, uh, two other friends that actually they're going to be on the stream that I'm doing on Saturday for this. Awesome. So that would be, and see like, like, uh, it's five people. I think there's a little bit more, but I can't really think off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I, I've had some, like I said, like not I won't I won't say like a, a bad history, but just I've had experiences with you know people that I share sensitive information with like that, and they you know mm-hmm. at whatever point over a disagreement they'll find a way to use it against me, and I and I'm very more cautious about that. Yes, yeah. absolutely, as you should be. I mean, it's all it's. All of our experiences, each of us is experiencing something that's very personal to us, you know, and 
it really is, it's a very intimate thing because none of us actually knows the extent to which all of these things go on inside our own brain, yeah. inside our own minds. And like, even though you and I speak very freely about what it is that we're experiencing on any particular day, it's like, I don't, I might not know the exact extent that you're feeling it because I won't know unless you tell me. So, you know, it's, you have to be really careful with who you trust it with. And um, I'm very sorry to hear that, you know, people used it against you. Yeah. One of the worst things that can happen in this situation. You really trust yourself, you know, you're completely vulnerable with somebody and then they, they disrespect it like that. It's already hard enough to actually share what you're going through, let alone yeah. somebody use it against you. Yeah, especially like when, when you share with somebody that you feel like a special kind of, relationship with and closeness and trust with that you think all right I'm, I, can, I can open up to them about mm-hmm. this very you know serious and personal subject mm-hmm. and then you know they it flips around on you and yeah that's that's never fun you know? um, like when I talk to my sister you know I know like she's been with her husband now they Actually, yesterday was their anniversary, I think, for oh. 10 years since they were together. And their wedding anniversary this year will make, well, the summer makes six years that they've been married. And anything that I share with her does not travel to him, even though they've been together as long as they have. They, they're married. And, you know, like, he's, he's basically like, he, he is my brother, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I know that whatever I share with her stays. And the same thing with my fiance as well. I mean, it's just the two of us in these walls. So who else is he going to talk to, you know? So um, it's important to have, you know, even if you let your guard down, they have their protective walls up to keep you safe inside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's good to have, you know, that kind of support system. Yeah, everybody needs that, you know, for almost any kind of situation, basically. Yeah. And especially like the, with the way the world has been for the past however many months at this point with, you know, pandemics and other insanity that's been going on in the world. And yeah. um, and speaking of like pandemic, how, you know, have you been handling it all this time? I don't, I don't know if we've really talked about it. I don't know that we have. Um, I had a really hard time in the beginning, you know, just kind of, uh, it felt like I was on house arrest pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know before we actually started, you know, uh, before we went live, I explained to you that like now I leave the house like once a week and I'm okay with it. But um, before that, you know, I struggled a lot with the whole working home thing. Like I wanted to go outside, I wanted to drive my car, I wanted to, you know, see my coworkers all the time. And um, it was a very big adjustment to not be able to do that. But, and you know, of course my anxiety shot through the roof because of that, like, you know, I would walk around here and be like, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. There's no one to see, no one to talk to. And um, my fiance and I work opposite schedules. So it's like, like right now, I mean, it's even time. He works 4 p.m. to midnight and I'm here by myself. Usually I don't even speak to anyone at this hour. Like I'm physically not using my voice during this time every single day. So in the beginning, that was rough. But now I've definitely gotten used to it. All right, let me just highlight this real quick mm-hmm. from Steve. Sure. 
Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us. I hope we offered something helpful to you. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. I think you would, you would like him. He's, he's a lot of fun. And I've, we've been trying to get him and I to do something like this for a while. Just, you know, now that I know how to do this, you know, yeah. that that's a much better possibility now and we can try to get that done very soon. Uh, yeah, he, he's actually a, like an actor out of Canada. So, oh, yeah, nice. yeah. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if you've, you might have seen him in anything. Uh, uh, like, do, do you know the the show on Vice TV, a uh, Dark Side of the Ring, where they like they talk about like the dark stuff of wrestling? He, he's been he, he's been, he's been on there that he plays like he's like like sometimes he'll he's like like the actors that they use for like the reenacting stuff mm-hmm. from like some of the stories. So you know, if you ever want to check that out, he he's he's featured on there. That's cool. I have yeah. a lot to look up after uh, after this uh, live stream is over. I've got to look into Hero. I've got to look up our friend here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have some homework to do once we're yeah. done here. It, it gives me something else to do that's you know not work related or wedding related. So I appreciate that. It feels like I have two jobs now. It's like I turn <laughs> off my work computer and I turn on my you know my home PC in order to do wedding stuff until like one o'clock in the morning. So. Yeah, definitely gives me something else to do, and I'm very excited about it. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't even know what I'm gonna do after this. Probably just take a shower and, and go to bed. I haven't, I haven't really done that much today. I mean, you know, just preparing for this. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I had dinner about an hour before we got on. So, yeah, it was not a very productive day for me. So. It's a day off. Use it. Don't be productive. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So, like anything else that you want to discuss, like specifically, or um, not that I can really think of. You know, I I appreciate an opportunity to you know to share my different experiences and how you know family has made me feel, and you know I definitely feel less alone because hey, I have a friend who's doing a live stream to actually talk about how we feel about all these things, so. I know yeah. that I'm not alone out there, so it feels yeah. really good. So thank you. Uh, well, I'm happy that we got to do this. You know, and like I said before, I was very nervous about doing it, and um, especially like you know, I kept thinking like, all right, I'm gonna do it starting Saturday. I'm gonna do it however many times during May, and then you know, when you and I talked yesterday about doing this, and then we decided we were gonna do it today. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I was excited and then nervous, and then you know. When we started talking before we got we went live, yeah, uh, my anxiety went just like it's it's gonna be okay. So that's exactly yeah, it. And, and, like, and I'm I'm happy that that you got to be my first guest on here. So that's a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm glad I got to be also. I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity to be a part of something like this because I think it's very important what you're doing, and you know. Like we said, even if it just helps one person get through their day because, you know, they're thinking about what we said about, you know, sometimes you just want somebody to listen to you rather than, you know, throw pills at you or judge you or manipulate what you're saying and use it against you. I I consider that a win. If we help just one person feel better, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, that we helped some, some people that, watching right now or will watch it eventually yeah. um but yeah like i said it was 
glad that, I, that you got to be my first guest. It, it felt very fitting, especially since you were the first person to buy one of my t-shirts as well. So. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, well, you're at least you're at least the first one to tell me. So as far as I know, there was you, and then my brother, and then a few people afterwards. I don't know who. I mean, a few of them I know, which you know I won't share the photos of them. Those are, <clears throat> you know, not really family friendly kind of photos for some of them. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 single, so it's okay. There you go. Always a fun experience, right? <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Let's see what time is it now. It's 8.15, 8.16. I can't really see. The the, the clock is very small from here. Oh. Yeah. I'm just going to right over here in the corner, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah, this was a lot of fun. And anyone that tuned in live, thank you very much for that. And anyone who's going to be watching this later on, hopefully we say it's something that will resonate with you. So, And uh, I'll be back on saturday uh with my friends uh wonder meg for people who know who she is and my other friend julie we're gonna have a lot of uh fun on there talking about similar stuff like we did here so uh thanks everyone who's watching or will watch eventually so have a good night and have a wonderful week so. great thanks everyone